Welcome to the Aerospace Engineering Podcast. My name is Reiner Groh, Research Fellow of the Royal Academy of Engineering, and on this podcast I have conversations with aerospace pioneers about new technologies at the cutting edge of aerospace design and research. Special thanks go to my supporters on Patreon, who make this podcast possible. If you enjoy the Aerospace Engineering Podcast and would like to support it, then head over to patreon.com forward slash aerospace. There are multiple levels of support, but pledging even a dollar an episode is highly appreciated. Thanks for your support. We choose to go to the moon in this decade and do the other things, not because they are easy, but because they are hard. Three, two, one, zero. All engine running. Liftoff. We have a liftoff. 32 minutes past the hour. Liftoff on Apollo 11. Houston, uh... Tranquility Base here. The Eagle has landed. Today I'm speaking to Aaron Daniel and Peter Spick of Alpine Advanced Materials. Alpine Advanced Materials specializes in the design and manufacture of custom engineered parts and products for demanding aerospace and energy applications. The company is currently commercializing a high-performance material known as HX5, a thermoplastic nanocomposite originally developed by Lockheed Martin Skunk Works over a decade of testing and validation. HX5 was originally developed to replace aluminum at half the weight but with the same strength and stiffness, and on top of that, excellent durability in harsh environments such as in outer space, in radioactive settings, or around aggressive chemicals. As a result, this new composite material is already being used on jet fighters, high-speed helicopters, UAVs, rockets, and satellites. So in this episode of the Aerospace Engineering Podcast, Aaron, Peter, and I talk about the importance of lightweighting in the aerospace industry, the development history of HX5, what exactly HX5 is and its unique properties, where and how HX5 is currently being used, and much, much more. I hope you enjoy this episode as much as I did, but now without further ado, please enjoy my conversation with Aaron Daniel and Peter Spick. Aaron and Peter, welcome to the podcast. Thanks, it's nice to be here. Before we start talking about Alpine Advanced Materials, would both of you please tell our listeners a little bit about yourselves? So what are your backgrounds as engineers and uh, how have your careers evolved to where you are today? Sure, um, yeah, I'm a mechanical engineer uh, with a focus in aerospace. Uh, and I actually started out wanting to become a veterinarian before I got to college and I uh, just, fairly decent at math and physics, and I got introduced to the field of engineering, and I've been in love with it ever since, just kind of left the vet option behind. Uh, and basically, I've been uh, developing products and uh, helping uh, young engineers uh, try to become better engineers uh, over the past couple of decades that I've been uh, in the field. Uh, and yeah, I've been enjoying engineering ever since. And I love it. Great, superb to hear that. We 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 kind of took you from from the veterinarians. That's that's superb to hear. So, what about Peter? How about yourself? Uh, myself, I was actually first trying to become a doctor, and uh, after the finding out how many years of actually school that I have to go through, I decided not to do that. And actually, because of my personality, um, I actually um, decided to go into engineering. Again, my mathematical abilities are very good, and uh, my determination to succeed. And then what actually happened is, is all my opportunities and uh, 
growth has uh, provided me where I'm at today. Great. So let's dive straight into the company that you both work for, Alpine Advanced Materials. So can you just tell me what, what is the company's mission? What has the company set out to achieve? Sure. Um, from Alpine's standpoint, uh, our mission is really to provide just except, exceptional lightweight parts to our customers that enable them to improve performance. And that can be anybody from an aerospace customer trying to reduce weight to save on fuel costs. Uh, someone in the military uh, trying to reduce the weight carried by soldiers, or even uh, robotics companies that we've started talking about recently, uh, trying to reduce the weight of parts of the robotics to improve response time or decrease the cost of more uh, of the more expensive components like your motors and gear systems. And each company that we're working with uh, sees the inherent value in our material and our design ability uh, as a company. So uh, those are the people that we're reaching out to. Those are the companies that are reaching out to us just to see how we can help them uh, perform better. Great. So you've just mentioned advanced materials and kind of a basic question to, to start things off. So, you know, why are lightweight materials so important for the airspace industry? Or, you know, put differently, so what is driving this intense research effort into developing novel material systems? Um, the major reason why is because of energy utilization. One of the things that what uh, the aerospace industry wants to do is, is decrease fuel consumption um, at the same time to be able to go further and farther. And that's based on, let's say, the, the, the mass or the kinetic energy. The other one is, is improving some of the performances of the materials necessary to be able to be stronger uh, the other item that the, the market is trying to do is, is ease of manufacturing. One of the things that what they're trying to do is trying to make very complex shapes. And when they're doing complex shapes, they need to have new techniques and processes. And then at the same time, rapid manufacturing. And this is something that is going forward. You know, a lot of times when you do autoclave type of processing, it takes many, many hours to actually cure it. And with a thermoplastic material, um, it's very fast. And last one, of course, is, is the actually recyclability. And one of the things that everybody wants to be able to do is after you have a plane out in surface for 20, 30 years, you've got to do something with that, with that type of plane after it. And so in essence, what we want to do is, is, is with our material and everything else, we want, let's say the market wants to go lighter. They want to be lighter, they want to be faster, and they want to go further, and they want to be stronger. Right. And so, of course, um, you as a company have, have developed a, a new mater material known as HX5, which we'll, we'll, we'll uh, look at in detail in, in just a while. But of course, you know, in the airspace industry, we've been using kind of uh, aluminum alloys for a very long time now. And of course, carbon composites are also now kind of making inroads in, in a number of key uh, structural applications. The, the Boeing 787 Dreamliner is an example. So could you describe some of the drawbacks of kind of the current focus on uh, aluminum alloy materials? That's a great question. Um, and for, for the material, aluminum is a great material. Uh, it's provided a solution to thousands of companies over the years from aerospace to military to robotics to uh, just general use. Um, and there are a lot of applications where aluminum is still the best option. Um, however, using new materials like HX5, uh, companies can take advantage of scale at the beginning. 
if you think about a machine part, uh, a lot of those start from large billets and an operator has to set up the machine, set up the blank and monitor the machine while it runs. Uh, sometimes they're running a couple of machines depending on their operational setup. Uh, and I've seen machine parts take hours to finish just a single part. Uh, when you get to molded parts though, uh, specifically injection molded parts, uh, once you've built the tool, the processing time for each part is seconds or minutes uh, compared to hours. And you can produce a more repeatable part because you have that uh, cut piece of steel that is producing that part every single time, as opposed to parts that could possibly wear like machine bits. Um, and you can also get complicated shapes or contours with a molded part more easily and a finished surface quality that doesn't take the extra steps like sanding and polishing to remove any kind of machine marks. All right. So one, one material that kind of Alpine uh, advanced materials are basically or have developed in, in, in our kind of focusing on and in, are in uh, selling to the marketplace is this material known as HX5. So could you tell our listeners a little bit about the development history of this new material? So how did this kind of uh, material come about? Well, first off, the, what, what is HX5? And, and HX5 is a highly engineered, high temperature thermoplastic material that is actually reinforced with carbon filaments. Um, it was actually uh, produced or let's say developed uh, because of a problem in a situation in the US, uh, one of the DOD initiatives through the uh, work of the Skunk Works. And one of the things that they had to do is, is they had to figure out a way to take and fabricate a, a high temperature thermoplastic to make a very complex shape. They needed to have the performances uh, to equal to that of aluminum. They needed to have a thermal stability. They needed to be able to manufacture complex shapes. They needed to have something to rapidly make these parts to test them. And at the same time, because of the skunk works, they need to be able to apply coatings and some of the EMI shieldings and radar absorbing materials and so on. And so one of the solutions they had to do is, is they had to set up these performance initiatives and goals necessary to do this. And from this, what they did is they generated a design of experiments to make sure the compatibility of the matrix system with the fibers. And from all this de design of experiments, one of the things that they had to do is they had to do several iterations necessary to get to the point where HX5 is today. So Right. So it sounds like HX5 is basically a composite material, so a combination of two constituents that basically have material properties that are above and beyond either of the constituents on, on their own. So what, what are some of the benefits then compared to aluminum, steel, or even just a traditional carb fiber or glass fiber composite? Well, initially, what uh, that's a good question to answer. Uh, but one of the things that you have to understand is the data that we have generated and we have in our in our pockets is is we actually had done five different lots of test data associated with it. We have actually tested it at various conditions, anywhere from minus 65 degrees Fahrenheit to a temperature of 250 degrees Fahrenheit, uh, dry and wet. One of the key characteristics of this material is stronger when it gets colder. Um, it also has a B basis allowables because that's why we did the five lots. A majority of the materials out there, especially in the discontinuous fibers, do not have a, a basis and B basis allowables. Uh, tensile properties are equal to approximately to that of aluminum. 
we're at about 38.4 or so KSI and aluminum is about 40. Uh, we have very good compressive properties. One of the things that we also have is low CTE values. Uh, this provides us very good dimensional stability, environmental resistance. And one of the things is, is actually it has a usage temperature up to 500 degrees Fahrenheit, which is our maximum use temperature. Um, one of the biggest differences is also is the density differences. HX5 has a density of approximately about 1.41 grams per cc, which is approximately about 88 pounds per cubic foot. Um, unidirectional composites is about, about 1.55 grams per cc. Aluminum, 2.7. Steel, about 8. Um, carbon fiber, of course, one of the big reinforcements are about 1.8. And one of the things that we did is, is we, they married all these together as necessary to get something that is very useful. So one of the key characteristics is this thing called specific strength. It's the ratio of the tensile strength divided by the density. And what it is, is, is our material, HX5, is almost twice that of aluminum on a weight-to-weight -weight basis. And one of the key characteristics of HX5 as well is, is the corrosion resistance. And so that's one of the, some of the few items that are positive for HX5. Great. And I guess all of this kind of relies on the, I would say, you know, the, the constituents or the, the microstructures. In this case, we have a thermoplastic nanocomposite. Of course, that, that sounds quite complicated, you know, the, the face of it. But what is a thermoplastic nanocomposite. And then, you know, myself as, a, as another, another composite engineer, I'm kind of, you know, the, the, the basic question is, what is the difference between a thermoplastic composite and, and a thermal set? Um, one of the things that happens is the difference between a thermal set and thermoplastic. A thermal set is a material that has a chemical reaction that occurs. What you normally do is, is you get a compound A, compound B, mix it all together, and when you combine them, and then when you actually do uh, apply heat or moisture or some other type of energy source into it, what it does is it actually does a chemical process called a cross-linking. And after that reaction occurs, then you get a rigid structure. If you heat this thermal set after it's cured, what actually happens is the material softens, but it never flows. A thermoplastic, on the other hand, does not require a chemical reaction to occur. There isn't part A, part B necessary to mix into actually apply the filaments into it. It's already done. Um, and if you take and apply a heat, it actually causes the material to flow. So you can flow the thermoplastic the first time, the second time, or the third time, and you can actually make many, many structures, which makes it ideal for um, recycling. Yeah, I was about to say, do, I mean, one of the things that, um, you know, in, in my kind of research institute, we're always kind of grappling with is this this question about how do you actually recycle thermal sets? And if, you know, the next generation of aircraft are going to all have thermal sets, uh, carbon fiber composites on them, and we, we don't have a way to actually recycle them, then we basically just have a bunch of dead waste that nobody can do anything with. So this definitely sounds like it's it's the right, it's a, it's a good step in the in the right direction that being based on a, a therm on a thermoplastic, um, you can actually address the recyclability issue. And then kind of what about the, the nanocomposite side? So what so does that mean that the reinforcements that are being added to the thermoplastic are so small that they're basically on, on the nanometer level? 
Uh, that is correct. They are in the nanometer level. Um, carbon fibers are an enabled about seven microns and the nano are one hundredth of that size. So they're very, very small. And the aspect rate is short. Okay, and so how is then this combination um, actually brought together? So how is HX5 actually manufactured? And then of also something that you mentioned before, what are some of the benefits uh, in terms of processing and, and the manufacturing side? So yeah, HX5 is uh, compounded by uh, one or two of our custom compounders. Uh, it's made that way specifically for us. Only two or three people actually know the formula for it. Uh, and it gets delivered directly to us uh, from that compounder and we deliver it to our manufacturing partners and uh, we have strict controls over how those are, uh, how the material is manufactured. Uh, it is primarily being used in an injection molding capacity, but it's just as easily formed, extruded and machined, uh, similar to aluminum. It machines almost exactly like an aluminum. Uh, the primary benefits of molding versus the others though, are the throughput. Um, as I mentioned earlier, uh, Injection molding uh, is our primary source of making these parts, uh, primarily because it has the fastest cycle time available. And you can produce thousands of parts depending on the size of them uh, each day, whereas some forming operations or machining operations are only allowed you to, uh, to manufacture a, just a handful of them daily. Uh, so you get to enjoy the repeatability of the finished part, faster throughput, and in the case of HX5, it's just an extremely high-performing part that you can get quickly. Great. And then, so in terms of the kind of applications, what are some case studies um, that have kind of been particularly successful? What are some recent applications of HX5? Yeah, uh, we're working on quite a few applications at this time. Um, one of the ones that we are actively approaching and customers are actually approaching us is the commercial aerospace side. Uh, basically for every pound that you save in material that goes on the aircraft, you get to save fuel for the flight on that aircraft or every flight until it's retired. Uh, and you get the advantages of scale there as well. Um, you can just imagine that you replace one part on a seat and maybe it weighs 0.1 pound, which is 1.6 ounces or 45 grams. Now, if you've got three to 400 seats on that aircraft, you, you're saving 30 to 40 pounds per aircraft. And now if you change that, change out 10 parts instead of just that one part and you save in the neighborhood of a pound per seat, now you're saving an entire person's weight or an entire two people's weight, three to 400 pounds. So you can start to see where there's an extreme advantage for the commercial aircraft side to start uh, looking to replace a lot of their materials with lighter weight materials that are still high performance, like H like HX5. Right. So I was just going to say, I guess an another application that um, I, I recently saw online is that um, HX5 has shown some really excellent mechanical properties, uh, or in terms of having uh, excellent mechanical property retention in harsh environments, um, which is of course then makes it another great um, application in space. So why is space such a uh, harsh environment uh, for materials in the first place? Well, the reason for that is because of the radiation. Uh, the sun generates this huge amount of radiation, gamma rays, 
Um, second item is, is because space is a perfect vacuum and being a vacuum, what it actually does is it actually tries to suck out volatiles or other things from the material. In space also, one side that faces toward the sun is very hot. The back side is very cold. And so you have to have the dimensional stability necessary to take in and take care of that issue. And then of course, because of all these issues, the radiation, the vacuum, the hot and cold, one of the things you have to have is the mechanical property retentions. Otherwise, um, they, they will fail out in space. Why is HX5 particularly well suited for space? And uh, how does HX5 compare to other typical space materials? Well, that's a great question. And one of the things that happens with HX5 is HX5 has a very low density, which makes it very useful to go into space. The other one is, is the radiation resistance, which we have already had discussed earlier. But one of the key items is also its low material off-gassing properties. HX5, when it's put into a vacuum, such as out in space, there is little to no off-gassing that occurs on HX5. And why is this a, an important feature? Well, because when you're in space, any off-gassing occurs can actually deposit on the internal structures in in your in your satellite or in your vessels. And this will actually be detrimental to a lot of optics and a lot of electronics. Uh, the last one, of course, is the thermal properties that we have talked about. Our material has a very low coefficient of thermal expansion. And so one side facing the sun would be very, very hot. The other side would be very cold. And because our material has a very low coefficient of thermal expansion, there won't be very drastic stresses that occur and will prevent the material from actually causing it to warp and twist and bend. And so it's dimensionally stable. And so it's a very good material for space. And most other materials cannot do that. And I guess that kind of thermal and uh, that that stability, thermal stability, also helps then, due to the cycling into the into the hot sun and out of the out of the sun again, that you basically prevent any kind of fatigue cycling from from occurring, or at least you limit it. That is correct. Right. And so, how do you actually test something like that on Earth? So, can you kind of recreate the the environment that you would have in space in, in a laboratory on, on uh, down here? Yes, yes, that, that actually is done. There are a lot of facilities around the country that actually do the radiation testing for gamma radiation. Um, we do have a facility in California that does our vacuum. We do the hot cold testing and then the dimensional stability associated with it. So all these tests are actually done here in the US. So um, it, that's very, very important. So, and can you can you relate like some of the tests that were performed to prove HX5's mechanical property retention? Yeah, one of the one of the things that we really had to do is we had to figure out what type of tests that we are going to do. And first thing we need to do is we need to have a test method that's very sensitive, accurate, and consistent to have any small changes that occur. And one of the things that we had to do is is the obvious choice was actually have the four point bend test. The four-point bend test is, according to the ASTM 6272, will actually provide us a very consistent process to be able to measure one property against the other, especially when you do the radiation vacuum in the hot, cold, and dimensional stability for it. So that is a very keen process that we do when we try to compare one property to another property after we put this into these environmental resistance type of 
situations. Right. And so given the kind of uh, excellent properties that you've, you've demonstrated for HX5, what are some of the potential markets that you envision uh, for the material in space? Uh, one of the items that the fact is some of the categories, of course, is, is actually um, some of the satellites. Um, satellites with the low, uh, at low or high orbit systems. One of the things, because of the radiation ability uh, to, to stand it, we can actually do some uh, deep space exploration, be it uh, going to the moon or be it any planetary exploration that you have. And one of the things that we'd like to do is to stay with the secondary type of structures. These could be anything from um, components, let's say brackets to clips to closeouts or any type of containers of any sort. Right, and HX5 also has some applications in the defense sector. So um, what are some of the, the key things that you're hearing from uh, the, the defense industry about HX5? You know, one of the big questions all the time is weight savings. You have, uh, let's say, people, on, uh, people carrying uh, gear, uh, things putting onto, onto ships or an airplane or UAVs or anything. So weight savings is a very, very important. You know, there's always a cliche that there's an ounce in the morning will weigh a pound at night is very, very important. One of the things that uh, 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 the defense is also the emissivity requirements to show very low heat signature. One of the biggest ones that everybody talks about is actually corrosion resistance. You'd be amazed on how many things out there that are made out of metal that just corrode to the point that the, that doesn't hold up. Um, and also at the same time, coating ability. So one of the things that happens is, is you want to be able to protect your equipment from any uh, radiation exposure, magnetic fields. And so our material has the ability to do some coatings. And then last one, because of the spate or let's say the defense is actually the repair. One of the things that you're out in the middle of nowhere and all of a sudden something breaks, you need to be able to repair it. And so this material does very, very well. Great. So one of the things that I saw on your on your webpage was that HX5, kind of in terms of the case studies, had been used for you know brackets and um, aircraft seats. And um, I was just wondering, so could the material also kind of replace um, aluminum in primary aircraft structures, say for the wings or the the, the fuselage? Would that be um, a suitable application as well? Let's say it's actually for secondary applications, being a thermoplastic, thermoplastics have one property called creep. And creep is something that uh, is, happens to thermoplastics. And so those constant loads are not where you want to be in. So you'd want to stay away from primary structures. And wings are one of those primary structures. Great. Yeah, that makes absolute sense. So what are some of the things to look out for in 2020 and 21? What are some of the things that um, you guys are working on um, and that'll, that that kind of be, hopefully be creating some buzz over the, the, over the next year? Yeah, uh, the end of this year, 2020 and 2021 are just going to be great for Alpine and HX5. Um, we've mentioned a couple of things and a few things that we haven't mentioned that uh, non-metallic parts uh, are not good at, but metallic parts are extremely good at. Um, I can't mention what the R&D efforts are just yet, but we are working on uh, trying to mitigate those problems and actually improve them with HX5. 
so that way we can continue replacing aluminum and other applications other than just structural. Uh, so that way it's we're not just functioning on lightweighting, we're also functioning on final performance. Uh, so that's kind of our target from the engineering side. And then from the production side, uh, we're just going to keep producing more and more parts for people from HX5. So that's going to make 2020 and 2021 pretty good for Alpine and, and HX5. Yeah, I mean, I have, I guess, I have, a, I have a background in composite materials, and I, I had not heard of this uh, material before. So it's, it's basically even, you know, always enlightening, even for someone who's in in the field to learn about these new materials and see all the different things that are possible with kind of modern chemistry and and materials engineering. And it's really great um, to see these, yeah, yeah, you know, new man-made materials come out. So how can listeners stay up to date with uh, the developments at um, Alpine Advanced Materials? Are there any web pages or social media profiles that they should be following? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Alpine does have a, a web page where anyone can go and start taking a look at just the company, the team, and even download a copy of our uh, tech data sheet. Uh, our marketing team is also extremely active on LinkedIn and Twitter. Uh, they're showing, they're bringing a lot of the uh, advantages and a lot of the R&D results uh, to the masses uh, on those platforms. So that way we're sharing basically everything that we find out, we want to share with everybody else because uh, we're excited about our material and we want everybody else to be excited about it as well. And just some of those things that I mentioned that we're working on, um, those will be posted on those uh, uh, web pages and social media accounts as well uh, once we determine the results of them and we have them properly analyzed. And we just like to share everything about uh, Alpine, HX5, uh, the company, uh, share the successes of our customers, and even how we like to give back to the community as a company. Great. Well, thanks again, Aaron and Peter, for coming on the podcast today. It was really a pleasure speaking to you, and uh, I definitely learned something new today, and I hope our listeners have too. So thanks again for coming on the podcast. Thank you. We really thank appreciate you. it. If you would like to learn more about Alpine Advanced Materials, then head over to airspaceengineeringblog.com forward slash podcast, where you will find show notes about everything we discussed in today's episode. And if you enjoy the Aerospace Engineering Podcast, then there are a number of ways you can support it. You can leave a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever else you're tuning in. You can share it on social media with your friends and family, or you can support the podcast directly on Patreon. And with that, thank you very much for listening and talk to you next time.